0: Welcome back to the podcast. Today, our guest is Ron Saharian, and he's the founder and CEO of Profit First. Ron, welcome.
1: Hey, Gary. Thanks for having me on.
0: So, Ron, tell me, what got you into the finance field?
1: Happens chance, actually. Um, You know, I I was always kind of good with managing my money as a kid. I followed uh, grandmother's envelope budgeting methodology, Okay. Okay, and um, my brother did as well but it stuck for me it didn't stick for my brother so i've always been that kid that would have good summer jobs or weekend jobs whatever and i always had money because i always you know paid myself first right for savings or for whatever toy or thing i wanted and so that carried on with me through high school as well as college and i used to teach some of my lacrosse teammates you know this personal financial responsibility um but it wasn't until i started profit first that i realized that business owners needed you know a a really significant way to understand how to manage their cash flow and so i partnered with mike and seven years ago um just really got into it and started helping business owners kind of do what i've done and uh learn to implement a pay-yourself-first methodology in any business.
0: Right. So, you know, again, you, you talk about kind of, you know, pay your, pay yourself first, but, you know, profit first. So can you kind of go into a little bit about, you know, what profit first is about? But yes, you know, we understand that it's a kind of a cash flow uh, model, but kind of a little bit more into it.
1: Sure. Absolutely. So most business owners that are listening to this understand the need for systems, they have systems to deliver their products. They have hiring systems, marketing systems, firing systems, all sorts of systems that we know we need to build a business. Yet nobody has a cash flow system. We have forecasts, which are great until you get punched in the nose, right? Like Mike Tyson, everything falls away. And we have financials that told us, you know, what we did. Well, that we know what we did. That's that's looking in the rearview mirror. But what they don't have is a system on how to allocate their money in real time, how to purposefully allocate money so that they can pay themselves first if they're not paying themselves, how to allocate money for Uncle Sam, regardless of what their liabilities are. Three, okay, how do we pay down debt if they have debt? Four, profit. With profit, a business owner can pay down debt. They could celebrate the health of the company or they can hire. And so, really creating and understanding the importance of a system. And that's what profit first is. It's actually a book and a methodology. It's not accounting. It is not bookkeeping. It is a system on how you manage your money in a business.
0: So, it sounds like a lot of it, instead of, you know, because t- typically, you know, in the business, I always have people that I'm going to say Robin Peter to pay Paul. So it's like, oh, here's my profit. Now I got to come up with the taxes, you know, the cash to pay the taxes. So then that's taken out of the current year stuff. And then, you know, I got to do the same thing next year and I'm just kind of behind the eight ball, you know, so, so this really changes that for me.
1: Oh, absolutely. And here's the thing, Gary, you, you know, you're a CPA, you know, you congratulations, business owner. You had a profit. Here's what you have to pay. Right. right and then they fall off their seats right, right. and they don't want to pay profit. They don't no one wants to pay taxes I'm sorry no one wants to pay taxes taxes taxes. And so you know what, what's happening is we're doing everything we can to prevent paying taxes, which I get versus having a mechanism where it doesn't matter how much you pay in taxes your company has enough money to pay it. And so what we're doing is we're getting back to basics. Okay, and much like grandmother's envelope budgeting methodology, where grandmother went to the store or actually whenever grandmother got a dollar, she put a a quarter in the food envelope. She put a quarter in the rent envelope. She put a quarter in the clothes envelope and she put a quarter in the church envelope. When she went to the food store, she didn't bring all those envelopes. She just brought one. Right. Okay? because there's something out there that's called parkinson's law grandma made that quarter last instead of buying filet maybe she got london broil instead of buying branded she got generic okay if she went there with all that money in her in her one um envelope chances are she would spend it parkinson's law also echoed by um oh geez stephen hawkins basically theorize that we humans are going to utilize all of the available resources in any given amount of time. Okay. What that means is if I give you Gary, uh, $10,000 to develop a website in eight weeks, you're probably going to take eight weeks and it's going to cost me $10,000. I give that same, that same project to somebody else and say a hundred thousand dollars in eight weeks, they're going to spend a hundred thousand dollars in eight weeks. Right. It's that's why people some, you hear the term people have money jumping out of their pockets is burning a hole in their pockets. Right. And and so what happens is we want to, from a behavioral perspective, uh, carve out that money. We want to go to the, the company with multiple different envelopes for important things so that we utilize these, these envelopes with a purpose. Oh. And so. For the the opposite side of Parkinson's is when resources are less, when resources aren't plentiful, we're going to do more. We're going to be more creative. We're going to be more strategic. We're going to try to get more out of less. And every single one of your listeners who hears this has experienced Parkinson's, okay? example, a tube of toothpaste. When we get that first tube of toothpaste, some falls off. No big deal. We'll put some more on. But as that month progresses, we're cranking it over the corner. We might even buy a tool to squeeze it up. People even cut it. okay? That's doing more with less. Think about operating your business under these types of constraints. And so Mike and I have studied thousands of businesses and really took a look at what is the healthiest of healthiest business look like through a couple different uh, perspectives. One, what percentage of the revenue is going to the owner's benefit? What percentage of revenue, you know, is earmarked for tax? What percentage revenue should be profitable? What percentage of revenue should be going towards operating expenses? Okay. And so in essence, what we're doing now is we're setting up envelopes, but we're using bank accounts. The first bank account is an income account. It's a holding account. The next bank account is an owner's pay account. Then we have a profit account. Then we have a tax account. Then we have the operating account. And what we do is, anytime we get a deposit, for argument's sake, we take that percentage right off the top and allocate that into one of the percentages. Okay. So quick math. Just say you got a hundred dollars. Okay. Well, let's let's start small. Okay. Let's put one one dollar in the owner's pay account, okay? It all goes into the income account, $1 into the owner's pay, $1 into profit, $1 into tax, and you run the business off of 96 other dollars. In essence, that's what we're saying to do, okay? Now, the goal when we wanna look at things is how do we get 60%, 40%, 50% of that revenue into the owner's benefit? right? That's really where the magic comes along and it's not as easy as it says, but basically it's a cash flow system that works with human behaviors.
0: Yeah. Cause it sounds like, you know, especially when you say, okay, well, I'm only putting a dollar in my, in my owner's envelope, you know, most people are going to say, yeah, okay. I can't do that. How long it, when, when somebody, um, you know, kind of starts down this road, you know, with you guys in the profit first, um, okay they say they want to do this to actually being able to implement this what's the time
1: frame so and the implementation of it is pretty easy it's getting off your butt and going down to the bank and opening up the bank accounts okay and there's a lot of banks out there we have lists of banks out there that are you know free or have low uh minimum deposits out there the next thing is actually doing it okay you know really really figuring out how to do it but to, it's not a a get rich quick scheme at all it actually takes years to really get good a lot of these businesses where 85 90 percent of the the money is in the opex and the business owner is paying them sporadically they don't have a profit you know they don't even it's going to take a while I'll say probably about 18 to 24 months really to get a company straight and running so they have their profit first muscle memory up and going Right, right.
0: And, and I mean, you know, it, it, and I'm going to say for, for something like this to, to to totally change, you know, your mindset on how you're doing cash flow, uh, you know, 18 to, to 24 months really is not that long, you know, no, in going it, through it.
1: Well, here's the thing. If you're happy the way your business is running right now, great. Stick with it. <laughs> Right. right? If it's not, if you're looking to pay yourself more, if you're looking to have more clarity on what your cash flow is, if you're looking to really understand, uh, you know, the importance of your financials, uh, if you're really looking to really create a well-oiled machine, okay, well then, you know, w- we can't just take uh, 20% out of the OpEx and throw it into profit or owner's pay it's like taking a frozen mug and in the microwave it'll shatter it so you know there's different ways to approach different types of companies out there on how to do it
0: yeah so you know i mean obviously you know talking about mistakes that that you see that business owners make obviously cash flow is is one of the biggest ones um what are some other you know common mistakes? that you see as as you guys are bringing
1: companies on to help them? Sure. Most businesses do what we call bank balance accounting. They wake up every morning, they look at their bank account and see how much money they have. Okay. I don't know how, much, how often you look at your bank account, but I look at my bank account quite often just to see. And a lot of our listeners probably do, whether it's uh, daily, weekly, monthly. Okay. And we make our business decisions based upon that that's the error is by making your business decisions based upon your bank account because within that bank account okay you have to pay sale, you have to pay tax out of there you right. have to have profit out of there you have to have inventory replenishments there You have to have so much stuff coming out of there. And so what we're doing is giving ourselves a false sense of security that actually all that money in there we can use to run the business. What I'm saying is let's carve out the things that are important to us, like paying yourself uh, money for Uncle Sam and a profit, okay? And then you look at your bank account, right? And you look at the OpEx, you can still make those business decisions because you've already taken care of some of the essentials you need in order to run a business.
0: And I think, you know, using this methodology that, that you're talking about, the, you know, the good thing is, is that, you know, probably if you're watching everything like, like you're talking about, um, you know, when it comes time to pay the taxes, you have more than enough cash sitting there in that account to pay the taxes. And then you're not worrying about Rob and Peter Peter pay Paul anymore.
1: Exactly. That's my favorite account. That is a purely behavioral account. No one likes paying taxes, but I look at it as not a badge of honor, but a way to say, you know what, government, I get this game that you're playing here. So what we look to do is start out with a 15%, okay, in the tax account, allocating 15% in there. And some of the listeners, oh, I can't do that. I know you can't. Not yet. Okay. Right. Right? Or, wow, 15% is going to be, I don't need all of that. Not yet. Okay. But it's a good starting point. That way, we're on a percentage basis. Work with your CPA, work with, you know, Gary to figure out what would actually be the right percentage for you to start with. And the beauty of the percentage, it's it, it'll ebb and flow like your business. So, you know, the last thing we want to do is take what we paid last year in taxes, divide by four, and that's what our tax bill is going to be. That doesn't account for success or growth, okay? Right. But by having a percentage, you could have a wonderful 2019 okay 2020 not so good you have all of that liability that you have to pay how are you going to pay that you're not right. Right? right and so this is a mechanism to always ensure that you have uncle money for uncle sam regardless of what your liabilities are and Gary you're going to do everything you can to minimize liabilities oh, great. but i don't know many business owners making 500,000 a million You know annually not paying a boatload in taxes right right no
0: i agree i think that i think that you know the the great thing about that is that you know again as people go you have the money available to do the different the different things that that you're going to need um you know because again you talk about operating you talk about You know, the, the, um, you know, your owner's envelope and so forth, inventory. So, you know, you have all of these different, um, I'm going to say pay streams that are going to, that are going to be there. And if you're doing it as a percentage, like you said, it doesn't make any difference which way you fluctuate. It's still a percentage. So it makes it a little bit easier, you know, to, to, to keep track of when you're, when you're looking at it that way.
1: Well, we're, we're, um, you know, some of your audience may think that's not going to work in my business. Um, we're a global S Corp with 25 different bank accounts at five different banks. We've got lots of revenue streams coming and going. And the cl- financial clarity that I have on, you know, my real-time cash position is second to none. You know, and so we've had well over 600,000 implementations across the globe. Uh, we're in 30 to 40 different countries doing this. Every it, Startups use it as their foundation the bust the doctrine of sacrifice, $100 million companies use it at a different level because they don't wanna wait for their financials to come on in. Right. You know, it's just really, it's a system. And once, what, what I've learned is that once you have a plan, okay, your profit first plan, how you're going to be doing this, the next thing is you feel relief, relief that you have a plan. Then, when you're actually moving money into those envelopes, you're empowered. It's often the first time that a business owner is empowered by moving money. After that comes focus. Focus on growing a business. I, I profit first was a startup in 2014. You know, we started out with the percentages in a book and never looked back. And you know, all I had to do in those early days just sell. Get business. I know I had a system that I would be paying myself. I know I had a system that would cover my taxes when we're profitable. I know I had a a way to be profitable. That's now we're just focused on that. So if you're a business owner and you know you're worrying about these things there is a solution and the profit first methodology is it. Right what's the
0: you know, when when um, companies are are starting this up and they're and they're starting to use profit first, what are uh, what are the biggest challenges that you see them facing?
1: Um, often, I see their accountant saying to them, "You don't need all those accounts. All you have to do is look at your financials, analyze them, and correct them. You're going to be you're going to pay so much money in bank fees." You're going to spend so much more money in bookkeeping services for reconciliation. All of it is not true. And so, you know, here you're working with, you know, a trusted advisor that you've been working with for a while. And then you, you know, you pick up this book or you hear this podcast, you go to your CPA or who's unfamiliar with it. And you say, what about this? They don't know. It's not that they're, they're, they just don't understand the system. Because, you know, a couple of years ago, Gary, if you, somebody were to say you, hey, you know, I'm going to open up 15 different bank accounts, you might be like, whoa, wait a second. Right, right. (laughs) Right. And then um, the other one is literally change. Even positive change is very difficult.
0: Right. Yeah. I I mean, when I first, you know, first read the book, I was kind of like, you know, okay, you know, same thing. Oh, this, this isn't going to work. and then did it again and read it again. And then it's just like, okay. So, so going, reading through this and everything else, it's like, to me, the biggest obstacle I see is myself. Yeah. I get out of my own way.
1: (laughs) Right. You know, and that's great. That is so great. And, you know, the, 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 it literally means getting up, opening some free, opening up some bank accounts, then it's doing it. But more importantly, having the support, Having somebody to assist you when things get tough is even more, you know, because you're going to get a curveball. Something's going to happen. You're going to be tempted, right? Don't just, people try to do this on spreadsheets. They try to do it in accounting systems, too much human error can be involved in that. But what's going to happen is something bad or, you know, unsettling happens in your business and you're looking at your profit account and you see all this money in there, right? That you're going to be tempted to get it. Or, you know, you're going you're gonna to have to make tough decisions, almost come to Jesus conversations with yourself about, hey, you know, Joe over there, he's not holding up his end of the bargain here, right? Joe's been with me for a long time, but he's not holding his weight, but I'm loyal to Joe, okay? Well, then, if you're loyal to Joe, he's not holding his weight, you're not lo- being loyal to your family or the other employees that are actually holding their weight. Right. And so, you know, we're going to have to divorce ourselves of a lot of things to make sound business decisions. And sometimes that is going to be a hang up versus an opportunity.
0: Yeah. I, I'm going to say that, you know, lots of times with business owners, I'm going to say, I see two extremes. One is the extreme with they, you know, every penny, extra penny they have, they take out of the business. And what they do with it is is different than you have the other extreme that wants to keep everything in the business and they're not taking
1: care of themselves. Right. Which is is crazy because I even see some really good businesses that, you know, they're, they're, they're healthy, they're profitable, yet they're not necessarily leveraging that business, right? They're, they're not maxing out their 401k. They don't have a SEP, uh, you know, um, IRA. They don't have safe harbor. They're not you know, properly insured. Their house doesn't have three to six months of core capital in it. Their business doesn't have three to six months of core capital in it. Their kids' 529 is not funded. There's, But think about all of the great things you have at your fingertips if you have the money to invest in them, to strategize with them. My accountant, Keith, doesn't care how many bank accounts I have. All he cares is I'm pushing all my chips over to him, and that's where he's doing tax planning. That's where he's doing tax strategy. I mean, when you and I were talking the other week, Gary, you know, I, I can't help people with tax strategy if they don't have any money. Right. There's nothing we can do. Right. This changes that.
0: And I think the other thing it does, too, is, you know, people always talk about, oh, I'm plowing money back into my business and stuff like that. But this makes it to where now you have this account or this, this envelope that you can use to invest back in your business, if it's, you know, technology or, or whatever. Um, and I think sometimes people stop and they're afraid to spend that money because, again, they're doing the whole Robin Peter to pay Paul thing.
1: Yeah. And here, here's the thing. If, if we do this properly and, um, you know, you're paying yourself, you have money in the op and you want to go and buy something or the, uh, and you don't have the money in your OPEX, that's your company telling you can't do it. Right. Right. You either got to increase your margins, more sales, become more efficient. If it is in that OPEX, great. It's a no brainer. Now, you know, we, there's, we have a tithing account. We have a marketing account. You can have a legal account. There's so many different ways that you can utilize this so that even if you are a larger business you can say, okay, we have X amount of money for marketing. Here you go. Let's make sure we're getting a return on it and measuring it. When it's one, one account, how much do you really have for marketing? Right. right? So let let's let's be smart about it. People might even call it budgeting, if you will. Not that word. <laughs> <laughs> I know. But here's the thing: no one sticks to a budget. That's right. the problem. Right. You know, if I, I I tell people, you know, they go, Ron, what's the budget? I say, if I give you a budget. You're going to spend more than the budget. So I like to say, give me choices. Give me three choices. Give me an expensive choice. Give me a cheap choice. Give me something in the middle, then provide me with supporting evidence of which one you think is the best. Right.
0: You know, I, I, you know, kind of go back and, and, you know, look at this because I know I have many times clients come to me, Hey, can I afford to do whatever? right just like you know and it's one of those things that that you know yes we try to help counsel them it's like no i'm never going to you know answer tell you know answer that question per se um but i like the idea that you know hey i have this operating account and if i have the money in that operating account then that means i can do it but if i don't have that money in there then no i can't do it well so Um, and i think that that's that's something that's extremely important and then also you talk about you know having the you know the six months of of operating cash in there and things like that um which is always important i mean you look at what we've just gone through with the past two (laughs) years of the pandemic yeah you know if you didn't have money on the sidelines many businesses did not do
1: well no they didn't those that were operating the system fared well much better across it you know i mean having a bunch of bank accounts with money in it, you know, it doesn't suck. Um, right. what, you know, like one of the, the questions that I get asked uh, a lot is, you know, how do I know when I can hire, right? Well, people are always often saying, well, you should always be recruiting. When, when you find a great player, you can do it. But that's not reality, okay? Most of us hire when there's an uptick in something or there's a downturn in something. Well, one of the things we suggest We love to always be interviewing, okay? But in order to hire, you need to have a system that'll allow you to have the funds to do it. And so what you want to know if you're able to hire, well, then figure out what the monthly investment for a new employee would be. So let's just say, Gary, um, you know, we're looking for an electrician. We know we're going to pay him 18 bucks an hour. Okay, 18 bucks an hour plus their burden. Plus, you know, all their overhead and everything like that. Let's do it times 160. Okay. Whatever that comes out to be, we have a monthly investment. We take that monthly investment and we allocate that dollar amount into a new employee account. Okay. Mm-hmm. Now, with that, say, just say $5,000, $5,000 into the, that new hire account. Are we able to still pay all our bills? Okay. So, say for an example, we are. Okay. Awesome. Month two we allocate another 5,000, okay? We're testing the elasticity of the cash flow. This time, maybe we're a little short. Well, let's take a look. Why are we short? Oh, because there's some funny months where sometimes billing is a little bit different. We get more, there's an extra payroll or something going on in there. Okay, no problem. We identified that was we tested the third month. Great, we were able to do it. I've just proven that if everything remains the same in the company, I can afford somebody at $5,000 a month. Now, the benefit of that is I've just prepaid the first 90 days of their employment. Mm-hmm. I'm not worried about how are they going to pay themselves right. or for themselves. I'm, I'm now I'm up trying to get them up to speed and educating them because I've, I have this money socked away and I've tested it. So, you know, how do you know if you can hire? Test the elasticity of the cash flow
0: yeah so and that's an important point to make with all that is that that's adding someone new not replacing someone right you already know if you're replacing you already know you can because of the you know you've had them in the operating account for a while now yeah yep yeah um so knowing what you know now Mm -hmm. go back to when, when you and Mike in the basement, you know, came up with this, what would you have done different?
1: That's a great question. Um, slowed my roll. Okay. I was so excited about profit first, about sharing it, about pushing it, that I overwhelmed and I scared people away from it. You know, here, here's a guy going around saying gap is crap. Okay. You know, saying that sales minus, uh, expenses equal profit is wrong. Right. Right. Um, we're going to open up these five fundamental accounts. You're going to have 20% in owner's pay. You're going to have profit. You're going to do this. You're going to do that. People were running from the Hills. So what, what the proper approach would have been more of, Hey, let me slow my roll, let me share with you a system. Okay, a system on how I pay myself, a system on how we do this, a system how we do that. And then look to drip it in an organization versus just starting with five of the accounts. We might just start with one account, Gary, and put 1% in it, right? Mm -hmm. If you haven't been paying yourself, okay? If you haven't been profitable, if you haven't been profitable, open up a profit account, put 1% in it. And the beauty of it, it works just like the 401k. Number one savings vehicle in America. Why they take it off the top and you get penalized. If you take it out early, I remember when those first came out, me and my wife said, no way are we putting 15% in let's put 3% in, we put 3% in. Then we did five. Then eventually we're at the 15 In about three years. I said to my wife, can you believe that we're living with 60% of our top line salaries coming off the top? And we don't feel a thing. It's amazing. It's amazing how that works because you don't see it. You're not counting on it. It's there. Same thing with profit first, right? We're removing it from the top. We're putting it away. We're putting guardrails in place and we're using our behaviors to do bank balance accounting and we're focused on that. So I would have started slower, smaller when I was sharing profit first. Right, right. You know, I think that, that-
0: that, that concept that you just talked about just now, um, you know, I think every, every kid that's coming out of college or coming out of high school, getting their first job really needs to think of it that way. It's like, okay, I'm going to, you know, because you're not used to it anyway. So let me start now with whatever the, whatever the percent is. And I always say that it's like, okay, you start off with that when you get that raise, uh, or, or increase or whatever, hey, take a percentage of that and you know and put into it. And, and I don't care from a savings standpoint if it's the 401k, if it's a Roth IRA or if it's an after tax um, you know, brokerage account, it's a savings vehicle, however you decide to, to do that.
1: Yeah. And so when I'm interviewing business owners or talking to business owners and I, I say to them, hey, listen, you know if, if um, your business afforded you more money, what would you do with that money? 95% of the time they say, I wish I would have put more away for retirement. Right. Okay. So the first thing I'm going to do is open an account and I'm going to, a bank account, and I'm going to title it uh, retirement. It's not a 401k. It, what it is, is an account that I can give that money to you, or I can give it to a financial advisor. I can give somebody to make that money work. So right. we're going to start with that. Okay. Because that's really what's important. So if you're realizing that, man, I got to figure out how to put more money into the market or more into savings. Well, that's the first thing you should open up and start allocating into there. Right. Right. I agree. I agree. Yeah. My my daughter does, my daughter's 11 and um, she has envelopes. And um, Mike, my business partner who wrote Profitverse just came out with, uh, my Money Bunnies, which is profit first for kids. Uh, we're getting it into the educational system. We're getting it into, you know, it's in universities right now. It's being taught at Pepperdine Masters, it's in Stanford bookstores, Carnegie Mellon. Um, and we're really looking because we're, small businesses are the backbone of America. Oh, yeah. Right? When they can hire and they're paying themselves, people have jobs. When people have jobs, it relieves a lot of the stress from the home.
0: Yeah, that's that's for sure. And I think that that, um, you know, the the financial literacy of our society right now is probably at its lowest. And I think that, you know, because lots of times we're not seeing this. I mean, I know back back when I went to high school, we did have bookkeeping classes and and things like that, that they were teaching us. And, you know, there hasn't been. It seems like that's getting back into the school system a little bit, you know, but I think it's important.
1: Yeah. Well, you know, talk about investing uh, compound interest is really a beautiful thing, you right. know, that it, it really is. So regardless of when you're starting start, you know, I was talking to somebody, um, you know, put, put 25 bucks away, put 50 bucks away. If you can, you know, if there's any kids listening to me, you know, put it away, just put it away, be be more interested in saving it for spending it. Right. Totally agree.
0: So our time is, is flown by here. What, what haven't I asked you, Ron, that you wish I had?
1: Do I have any special gifts for your audience? There you go. <laughs> Always I've like got, that. I've got 10 books, Gary, um, for the first 10 people that hear this and respond to you. Hey, I'd love a copy of Profit First. All you got to do is uh, send me their name and their their address. How's that?
0: Yeah, uh, that's awesome. That's awesome. Yeah. So guys, you know, you just heard that. So, you know, the first 10 people that uh that shoot me an email, um, text or call my office and give me that information, uh, we'll get you a copy of Profit First. And, you know, I can tell you I've I've uh, I've read it and also have it on audiobook. So it's definitely uh um, you know, you get to you get to hear Ron's partner Mike uh talk if you do the
1: audiobooks, that's for sure. He's great. And uh, the one thing uh, that, uh, you know, not being cute, but, you know, when people ask me, what is the one thing that you would encourage people to do? I say, it's really easy, you know, do what you say you're going to do by when you say you're going to do it and do it 1% to 3% better than expectations. You do that. You're going to be a rock store employee, rock store business owner, anything. Just do what you say you're going to do by when you say you're going to do it and do it better than expectations and simple. That's Great. So, you know, Ron, if you know the business
0: owners um, or anybody else that's listening to this want to reach out to you, want to learn more about the program, how can they get in touch with you?
1: Sure. The best way, go to profitfirstprofessionals.com. On there, you'll find a lot of free resources. There's a lot of great things there. Um, If you're interested in having your accountant learn more, there's an area there. Uh, But go to Profit First Professionals, check it out. Or look at Amazon, go to Amazon, Google Profit First, look at the over a thousand reviews by business owners like you guys. Give it a shot. Great.
0: Hey, really appreciate your time and, and your thoughts on this.
1: You too. Uh, Thanks, Gary. I appreciate it.
0: it. Yeah, awesome. great. So this week, our guest was Ron Saharan, who's a founder and CEO of Profit First. See you guys next week.